host of the television show Supernatural. I am one of your hosts, Dan, and with me, as always, is his wife, Penny. How's it going? It's going fine. How are you doing? It's like we were just here. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, we're just trying to get a couple of these recorded in on the same day, so... So yeah, our, another one back-to-back. -back. Nothing uh, really has changed all that much since last episode. It's still cold and drizzly outside. I want to go outside on my bicycle. Well, hopefully. Yeah, I'm not sure how the weather's supposed to be. I haven't really looked up the um, forecast for today, but I don't think it's going to be as nice today as it was yesterday. No, I don't think we're going to see any sunshine at all. So yeah, I'm planning on wearing all the same clothes I wore yesterday and probably be just as covered in mud and street grime as I was yesterday. I don't have, you know, I took the fenders off of that. That was one of the first modifications when I bought that bike was fenders off. Who needs old clanky granny fenders on a bike? Get real. Obviously, you sort of mud on your back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Now I'm like, damn, where's those fenders? And I gave them back to the person I bought the bike from. For whatever reason. What Pro a goof. I probably could have held on to them a little bit. Yeah, just kind of looking at the weather. It's 39 and hazy right now. It's only going to get 41 today, and I don't think it's... Yeah, it's not going to get any clearer. Ugh. Looks like it might clear up around 544, which is sunset. <laughs> <laughs> so, right as the sun's going down, it'll be beautiful out. So there you have it. <laughs> Perfect. Well, speaking about sunset, the title of this episode, Two Minutes to Midnight. Is that a reference to something? Because I feel like that's a common thing. Yes, it refers to the closest approach to midnight ever on the doomsday clock. You have to that doomsday clock? Yeah, that thing's ridiculous. That, that clock is like purporting when it hits midnight, it's the end of the world. Well, all you can ever do is get closer and closer and closer. You know, someday they'll be like, we're three nanoseconds away from midnight. Like, well, what are you guys talking about, you fear-mongering dumbasses? I hate that thing. Yes, yeah, it, it refers to the closest approach to midnight ever of the Doomsday Clock in 1953. Then it says, uh, midnight being a apocalyptic self. At the time of airing in 2020 of this episode, the doomsday clock was set at 6 minutes to midnight. As of January 2017, the clock is at 2.5 minutes to midnight. As of January 2020, it is 1 minute and 40 seconds to midnight, the closest it has been since 1953. It's, it's a completely arbitrary made-up measurement. You're measuring, you're, you're measuring fantasy. You're, you're trying to measure a prediction of the future, which uh, none of this shit's ever happened. <laughs> like, okay, well, eventually, you know, minutes on a real clock tick down to midnight. This thing never does. It just goes back and forth. They just set it at whatever they want, just to fear monger. That's true. I mean, yeah, I mean, pfft. I think they're thinking when it gets hits, actually hits a midnight, that's when the nuclear missiles or nuclear bombs start falling. Okay, so if you say it's two and a half minutes to then, okay, how many years does that equate to? Uh, Depends on the the world situation, and it can always go back if the world situation improves. It goes back, you know. Like it said, it was two minutes in 1953, but in 2010 when this aired, it was back down back to six minutes. So there's no there's no quantification of this these minutes. No, it's just 
why isn't it three hours to midnight? Why isn't it four days till midnight? Like, well, why isn't it three nanoseconds? Like none of this, there's no measurement here of anything other than the world's a little more dangerous and a little less dangerous. That's probably all it is. So what, we would be at one hour to midnight, like if we just went back to uh, right, right after we invented the wheel, that's when this clock started. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. It's dumb. I hate, you know, I, I became aware of this, especially uh, Watchmen. They uh, reference this a lot, this doomsday clock. If you ever notice like that, you know, the Watchmen logo, it's like the smiley face with the drips of blood. Well, if you notice the drips of blood, I think it's five minutes to midnight. Oh, ever... I thought that was just the comedians. He wore that button. Yeah, that's his button, but then the drips of blood in it, that's in the comics and everything, like their logo for that series. Yeah, it's it's at five minutes to midnight. If you if you read the drips of blood as clock hands. I see. And since that's what that whole movie was about, is this coming doomsday ending, you know, ending. And I and don't know. And we all know the comedian was played by the same actor who plays Mr. John Winchester, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, but, you know. He was really cool, and uh, the only the only cool character he played so far was as Negan. He's a complete badass as Negan. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Oh, I love Negan. Just have to readjust here. Well, let's get into this show though. Um, so, season five, episode twenty-one. The recap, we see Adam, which is Sam and Dean's brother that they barely bring up. Cass, uh, the trickster with his four rings from the horseman. The Croatoan virus. Uh, Lucifer and the fact that Sam's got a dumb plan. Was there anything <laughs> else in that recap that made any sense? That was about it. Well, they also uh, made mention of what happened last episode where Bobby... Um, traded his soul for the whereabouts of death but that's pretty much it so do we yeah okay that yeah that offer was on the table right by crowley uh so opens up with one of my favorite actors matt frew is it frewer 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 uh matt frewer uh he comes in playing a, a dr green there's an old lady who's suffering from a bunch of diseases he waves his hand over her face, and now she's got chicken pox as well. Uh, don't worry, though. She's not going to suffer long. <laughs> she uh, dies and dom vomits uh, pea green soup all over his face. Uh, what did you think about the uh, pea green soup reference? I caught that. Well, yeah, I mean, it just reminded me of... Um, Exorcist. Uh, the Exorcist. Yeah, anytime that someone gets vomited on on TV anymore, it's pea soup. <laughs> It seems, and you could clearly tell that that's what they used for this scene. <laughs> well, what? I think, it, no, I don't think it was because of the later scenes that was on his face. It was just something, it may, it didn't even look like it because it was too green. It was too, uh, too bright of a green. <laughs> it was a little too green. <laughs> Your pea green soup was too green? Okay. It was more of a, hinted towards a lime green. Um, I don't mean to be too gross, but I have never vomited anything that looked close to pea green soup. No, neither have I. Um, probably most people haven't, unless they've ate, <laughs> just got done eating pea soup. 
Uh, so I figure whenever they do that, it's an exorcist tip of the cap. They, they don't make it look realistic at all. Uh, okay, so Stinger, beginning of the episode, we see Sam and Dean, they're at Bobby's. Yes, and it, before it goes to Bobby, it says this, now it's one day earlier, so it's one day before the doctor and the sick woman happen. So that Sam, Dean, yes, and are at Bobby's. De uh, Dean is yelling at Sam uh, for his uh, stupid plan. So <laughs> Sam comes up with this plan and everyone's just yelling at him from all angles. First Bobby, now Dean. Cass calls Dean on his cell phone. Come to find out, because uh, this was a couple episodes ago that Cass put the, uh, what were we calling that? The angel. Well, it was a sigil. Yeah, the sigil to blast them all away over the rainbow. <laughs> um, he carved it on his own chest, and so he blew all the angels around him, <laughs> including himself, just, I guess, flying in all directions. And come to find out, he ended up on a fishing boat, beat up and bloody. Like, that must have been very shocking for a bunch of people out on a fishing boat to all of a sudden have just this random bloody guy there. Uh, he cannot, you know, Dean's like, hey, man, just get back here. I'll tell you where we're at. Uh, but Cass is like, no, all my angel powers are drained. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I got an itch, the bug bite that itches me, and I can't make it stop no matter how much I scratch it. And he's asking him for a plane, uh, money for a plane ticket. Like, Cass is just a plain old human at this point. Yeah, poor old Cass. He's not used to, I mean, of course, before he was Cass, when he was just uh, Jimmy Novak, he was used to all that. But as Cass, he's not used to those feelings anymore. Sam and Dean leave to stake out Pestilence. How did they know where he was at? I, got, I, I feel like last, I missed something. Yeah, the last episode, Brady gave it to him. Brady gave it to Crowley. Oh, yeah. Before duh. Sam killed him. Yep, 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 yep. That was the information that checked out right at the end, yes. Mm -hmm. Dean goes in, uh, knocks out a guard just with one punch, which is always amazing to see on TV. <laughs> Never happens in real life like that. And they So they knock out that guard because they notice that there are security cameras everywhere, so... They go in, sit in the uh, little guard room with all the TV cameras and they're monitoring cameras. Did they tie that guard up or throw him outside or anything? Or was he just laying in the corner taking a nap through this whole thing? I don't know. They didn't really say, uh, didn't really show anyway. I'm assuming they tied him up because just by the way they're cutting in and out of that scene, they're in there quite a while. Cause yeah, it's Sam, like... You know, this show Sam sitting in front of the, watching the TVs, and Dean was all in different positions and looking pretty bored and falling asleep. Yeah, I was like, wow, that must have been a hell of a punch to send him on a 12-hour nap. <laughs> well, uh, so they're looking for um, some sort of clues on to who exactly is Pestilence in here. And Sam spots him uh, on the cameras. He's... There's a guy like walking out of a room, and then the uh, cameras kind of get all screwy, like there's some sort of electronic interference happening. And so wakes Dean up, and they see the room that uh, Doctor Green, aka Pestilence, goes into. So Sam and Dean go up to follow. A demon, though, I don't know if she saw Sam and Dean or just sensed them, but uh, she knows that that they're there and goes in to warn Pestilence, Dr. Green, Matt Frewer. 
she thinks uh, that they should flee because they've got a track record with the other horsemen. In fact, <laughs> they already killed two of them, and now he's up next, obviously. He gets pretty angry with her, absolutely does not want to run, um, screaming at her, but then he's like, oh, I'm sorry I yelled. Come here, give me a hug. <laughs> While they're uh, hugging it out then, he twists his ring, and it seems like every other person not infected by a demon just gets sick, vomits, and falls on the floor and dies. Yes, you're right. So Sam and Dean are stuck stalking around in the halls. I don't know if I use that word right. Skulking? Stalking? Skulking. <laughs> Not skulking. I put stalking. <laughs> what was it? Skulking? Skulking. Well, whatever. They're lurking around. How about that? Sounds good. And the halls, and it's like they, they uh, smell... They start to smell the vomit, and then they start gagging. Um, but it gets even worse than that. Like, they're getting double vision. They can barely stand up. Um, they're just, like, super sick, I guess. It's really odd to say what's going on here. If they're just so overwhelmed by the fumes or what. But they get to the room that he's in, open up the door, and the demon, that chick at the door that, gave him, that he just gave him a hug, she's like, oh, come on in. <laughs> And then it goes to commercials. Well, Dean was passed out in the hallway, and Sam kind of passes out in the doorway. So, yes, it goes to commercial, and then she or Pestilence drags both Sam and Dean into the room. And this is the same room with the opening scene with the old lady. So that's the same room. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I thought it looked like the same lady. Uh, so pestilence though now has infected these guys with a bunch of other different sicknesses as well. The boys are on the ground in absolute agony. Uh, pestilence then goes on and on with the, his speech about how great diseases are. They're nice and pure. All they do is divide and conquer. Not like you dumb humans who are so messy. <laughs> Cass comes in. Oh, I just screwed up my notes. Oh, no. Cass comes in. Uh, <laughs> I, someone asks, how did you get here? And then he's like, I took the bus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then he gets sick and falls down. Of course, Pestilence uh, has, thinks this is just hilarious that Cass has no powers and that he's just like a regular person now and gets sick around him, too. But it seems like Cass was faking because he just, like, leaps off of the floor, has a knife, cuts off his fingers, gets the ring. Pestilence goes to the other side of the room, kind of by the door, and he's like, nah, it's too late anyways. And he vanishes. Mm -hmm. uh, at this point, are all of their diseases cured? I was really kind of wondering, like, if he really infected them with syphilis and everything else. Like, well, are they all good? I would assume once that ring was cut off, he no longer had the power to, yes, make people sick, and they just, um, those who hadn't died already were just recovering, were just recovered. All right. Back at Bobby's, uh, Bobby's like, he's pretty upbeat. He's like, wow, this is pretty nice to score a home run. Yeah, me too. I was like, wow, they just got that ring and nobody died. The episode's only like 20 minutes over. What the hell's going on here? Well, people died in the hallway of the disease. So yeah, but nobody died. that we care about. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, at this point, Bobby's really upbeat, and he's like, hey, by the way, there's a huge storm. It's going to hit Chicago, killing three million people, 
and you know who's going to be there the last horseman death woohoo <laughs> and uh the boys are kind of like wait how do you know all of this where did you come up with this great plan and he gets a little sheepish and crowley shows up and pours himself a scotch right away is that is that guy always drinking Pretty much, yes. I mean, he's Crowley. He's he kind of rem he reminds me of that one guy on Trailer Park Boys that's always walking around with the Julian? drink. <laughs> yeah, he reminds me of Julian, always walking around with the highball. Uh, Bobby admits then that he's pawned off his soul uh, for the time being to get those court to get the coordinates to get this information to find all this out. And it seems this is a kind of a this is where supernatural sometimes catches me off guard uh, because it seems like we're just going to move on then with uh, this explanation and this conversation, but it's almost like you can hear the record scratch sound because then Sam pipes up. He's like, Oh, wait, wait, did you kiss him? <laughs> Bobby's like, no. And then Crowley, he just pulls out his phone and he's got a picture and it's a really long scene of everyone staring at the photo on Crowley's phone <laughs> of those two kissing. And Bobby's like, why'd you take a photo? And Crowley's like, why did you use tongue? <laughs> at that point, Bobby just looks at him, does not refute that fact. I've been thinking for a while that Bobby seems like a bit uh open-minded when it comes to sexuality um this kind of confirms it what do you think well i don't think it confirms anything i mean i think bobby well what is bobby doing giving crowley the tongue well i don't think he did i just think bobby wasn't going to argue with him but you have to consider bobby's dealt with demons and angels and all, and all this other stuff of course he's got to be open-minded to many things um bobby's not a hater I think Bobby gave him tongue. I don't know. I think Bobby just gave in to his desires. He's like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm selling my soul anyways. <laughs> Why not deep throat this sexy beast? Right, right. Uh, Dean wants Crowley uh, to give him his soul back, but Crowley is like, oh, no, 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 no. I'll, he'll get it in due time. And Crowley goes on to explain, like, look, you clowns. I need to hold on to it for insurance against you guys. Because, yeah, and a very good point. Because yet again, Sam uh, keeps trying to kill him. Yeah, he said it's a, it's a, he's like, <coughs> you guys kill demons. I need this as an insurance policy. Basically, especially, he did mention something, especially against Sam because of the fact that he is always trying to kill him. Um, so he says, when I'm good and safe and all this is done, Bobby will get his soul back. Outside, Sam and Dean are, it looks like they're packing the trunk of the car. I guess restocking weapons and whatnot. I think so, yes. Uh, Sam tells, Sam goes up to Dean and wants to have a little heart to heart. And he admits to him, like, uh, I know that my plan is really bad, but it's kind of the only plan we got. Crowley shows up, hands him a newspaper, and it has a headline about the Nivius uh, vaccine company. They were in the last episode. Yeah, this is a, the company that's uh, supposedly releasing a vaccine for the swine flu, but what it really is, is the Croatoan virus. Yeah, so the boys put it all to finally put it all together. Crowley kind of has to help him along because they're a little thick-headed here, too. 
puts it all together that the swine flu uh, spread by pestilence is kind of step one, and now this vaccine distribution of the rage virus, Croatoan virus, uh, is step two of the plan. Uh, at this point, it cuts away, and we see a long white car pull up, an old guy get out in a black suit, starts strutting down the road, and oh, I I wanted to look up the name of this song, but... It's called Oh Death. Oh Death, yeah. I, I, re, I mean, I remember it from a movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Exactly. Yeah, it was in that movie. Uh, and he's just this dude strolling along. Well, some guy bumps into him and then falls over dead about two seconds later. Well, he bumps into him and then he's disre- disrespectful and tells him to watch where he's going. Is that what got him killed? Yes. If he'd have said, oh, sorry, sir, he would have been... I think he'd have been fine, but he's like, watch where you're walking or something snarky like that. Yeah. Uh, we go back then. We see Cass and Bobby. They're packing up. Uh, the van. Uh, Cass starts to complain about not having powers, and Bobby basically tells him to shut the fuck up. He, Bobby doesn't want to hear any whinging because Bobby's lost his uh, ability to walk, and uh, still taking it hard. He's, I don't know. He should have joined a support group, or you know, he, <laughs> seems like Bobby. You know, he could have been in joined those murder ball teams. You ever see that game played? murder ball yeah it's basketball in wheelchairs oh no and they all go yeah they go flying around and crash into each other i don't know how many broken hands happen in that game but it's got to be a lot it's fun to watch you should check it out sometime uh sam and dean bring up how they wish they could go back to the good old days of just hunting windingos and it was simpler times which i thought was fun you know call out from like an episode in season one right yeah, I think it was the second episode of season one. Uh, Crowley shows up, hands Dean a scythe, or a scythe. I don't know. I don't know how. What's scythe? Scythe. I put death's weapon because <laughs> I didn't know how to spell it. Well, there's the big long one on a stick, you know, that the Grim Reaper always has. And then there's the shorter kind of handheld, one single hand version. Um, that you use for harvesting wheat? Can you imagine back in the day actually having to use that thing as a tool? Well, even the one, yeah, the one, that's why it's called it a scythe. The, even the one on the stick, that's what they use. They, you know, walk through the wheat fields and use that to, to cut down the, the wheat. Yeah, old-timey mower before the invention of mechanics, I guess. Mechanization. Uh, Crowley uh, hands him in its death's own uh, scythe. And Crowley's like, good news, this thing will kill anything. And he lists off demons, angels, this thing, that thing, and then even death himself. Crowley uh, stops and lets Bobby know, too, that uh, Bobby really didn't word his uh, deal very good and that he should have uh, added a couple of uh, small addendums to the deal. Uh, so Crowley... Out of the goodness of his heart, uh, put in his own amendments to the contract that would let Bobby walk again. Bobby gets up. He looks a little misty-eyed and says thanks to Crowley. And once again, I have in my notes, again, Crowley is better than bad. He's almost good. 
<laughs> All right. Well, first, Crowley says, what are you doing, Bobby? You're just going to sit there? And Bobby would be like, no, I'm going to river dance. That's what he says. I didn't – let me rephrase this. Then he says, yeah, you didn't do – I put the addendum in for you. You didn't phrase it properly. So are you going to just sit there? And Bobby's like, holy shit, yeah, I can – then he stands up, and they're like, oh, yay. Yeah, so awesome. Bobby can walk again. Uh, riding down the road, uh, Cass reveals to the gang – uh, that Michael might go ahead and just use Adam as his vessel instead. And at this point, I'm just like, wow, random fact. How does this ever come into play? Cass tells Sam that uh, if he becomes Lucifer vessel, then he will have to drink a ton of demon blood as well. It's like, where does Cass all of a sudden have this info if his angel powers are lost? I'm a supposing that Cass had a lot of this info, especially about Lucifer's current vessel, because Sam's like, well, what about his current vessel? And Cass is like, oh, he's drinking gallons of it. It's the only way he doesn't, like, his vessel doesn't explode or whatever. Um, and, yeah, who knows how he knew about Michael using Adam. And the last we saw, wasn't Adam getting blown up somewhere? No, they had Adam trapped in that room, and I think they were whisking him away, which is why once he was gone, Dean could get in the room, and it was just a crappy old room again. Right. Well, at this point, the uh, the gang in the misery mobile pull up to outside the vaccine plant. They expect to go in and blow it up. That's the plan. They <laughs> there's they talk about the plan in great detail. And then they realize that a truck is already leaving, so the plan is completely out the window. Uh, they go in, like Cass uh, stops that truck from leaving. They get inside. Demons spot the Winchesters are going to attack them. So they quickly shut all the doors. They pull out some of the vaccines and start infecting some people. They go inside. There's some rage virus people eating someone, and Dean and Bobby... Start shooting all the infected people. Sam and Bobby. Sam, Sam and Bobby. Update of notes here. Sam and Bobby. All right. We'll edit that out in post. <laughs> Crowley and Dean uh, think they know where death is. Uh, so they're standing outside of just some warehouse. Uh, Crowley's like, oh, yeah, this place is covered by reapers. I'm pretty sure this is it. Let me go in and take a look. And then almost immediately, Crowley comes back and he's like, no, I was wrong. He's not there. <laughs> and Dean at this point is like really bugged that Bobby sold his soul for worthless information. Uh, then it switches back to that vaccine plant, the fighting. There's running around, they're saving people. I don't know, randomness. Did you get any details from that? Yes, because they were planning to blow it up, they wanted to make sure that there were no people still in there that weren't either demons or have the Croatoan virus. So that's what Sam was doing. He's running around getting the innocent people out. And then once that was done, then he, Bobby, and Cass were going to uh, plant the explosives to set them off. Then Dean and Crowley are just parked on some random road and Crowley's like oh I'm gonna go look in there and see if death is there and sure enough death is inside of a pizza place eating so at this point now I'm really confused and wondering like okay 
Why did Crowley go to the wrong place the first time? Where did he really go and who did he really talk to before he came back? And then how does he lead him like directly to the right place the next time? Is this weird to you? That how is Crowley wrong and then immediately right with no there's no information. You're right because he went in he went in and came back said, "Boy, is my face ready he's not there." Crowley thought he would be there because of the fact that the, he saw all those reapers. So in my mind, I'm thinking, death has to be close because all those reapers were there that Crowley could see. Um, so how he knew to check out this one pizza place, I don't know, because you're right, they never do explain that. He just kind of peeks in, motions to Dean. Dean doesn't understand what he's saying. Crowley appears back in the car. He says, death is in there. Yeah, so that's, I'm really suspicious as to what Crowley was up to. Because it seems like Crowley actually did know where he was, and he was just trying to lure Dean away or distract Dean for a moment. That's what it seems like to me. Um, so Dean, uh, he goes into the pizza restaurant, looks around, everyone is dead, except for Death, who's sitting at the table eating pizza. Uh, nice Chicago deep dish pizza too. They they got that detail right about how you serve pizza in Chicago, which I liked. I thought it would be hilarious if it was just you know New York style or something. Oh God, no! Here in Chicago, you have to have the deep dish pizza. That's the only. Th that's yeah. <laughs> deep dish pizza. It's like a law or something. <laughs> yeah, and it's more like a casserole on top of bread. It's they're, delicious. Yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, Dean tries to sneak up, uh, holding the scythe, but the scythe, like the handle glows red hot, burns him, he drops it. Uh, Death says, thank you for returning that. And then the scythe is all of a sudden on his table. And Death is like, why don't you come join me for some pizza? Seems that Death has been wanting to talk to uh, Dean for a while. And Death says that uh, Dean sits down and he's a, seems, you know, a little bit cocky at first. Uh, but Death quickly puts him in his place. He's like, look, dude, you are so small and insignificant. You are one little person on one little planet in one little shitty uh, galaxy in all of history. Like, you are not, uh, you are like a, if you, if a bacteria was to come and sit at your table for dinner. Um, he's like, but, you know like to talk to you and here have a slice of pizza yes and the reason that he had to wait for he mentions that you know i wanted to talk to and he says the reason he couldn't go to dean is because lucifer when he raised him used his spell it has him on a tether so he can only go where lucifer says and when so that's why he couldn't talk to dean right away dean eats a piece of pizza asks death how old he is and he says oh i'm older than god not quite sure and at some point i'm gonna have to kill god too dean's pretty surprised by that news hearing that god's gonna die someday he uh, didn't say kill god he said reap god there's a difference okay death says that lucifer has a leash around his neck and that he's using him as a weapon uh death says that he might give him the ring if he can kind of help him out of uh this trap that lucifer's got him in the spell that he's got him in death then takes his ring off and says oh but there's some conditions and the condition is you have to do everything possible 
to get Lucifer back into his cage. Death says uh, that Sam can can stop him, and he has to be willing to jump into a to a fiery pit. Dean reluctantly says yes, and Death gives him the ring. And then he's like, okay, now you'd like the owner's manual. And the camera then pulls out outside the restaurant. Because obviously we don't need to hear a long, boring conversation about how to use four magic rings. Now do we? No. Um, but also, one of Dean's conditions, he's like, what about Chicago? And Death says, I'll spare it. I like the pizza. <laughs> so the storm... Once Death takes his ring off and gives it to Dean, the storm outside kind of starts to subside because before it was thunder and lightning and now this rain and now the thunder and lightning were gone. It was still raining, but not nearly as heavily as it was. Dean is back at Bobby's and he has all four rings together. Bobby come, comes in and uh, brags that he's been climbing upstairs, <laughs> up and down stairs all night and he's sore. Uh, gives Dean a beer. Dean and Bobby chat about Sam, blah, blah, blah. Bobby thinks Sam can beat the devil or die trying. Bobby's a wonder if wonders if Dean is afraid of losing or losing his brother. The end, cut to commercial, what the hell? <laughs> well, he said that they are too, they've been hard on Sam, but he's like, you have to realize Sam's been running into burning buildings since he was 12 years old. And he says, when we were at that pharmacy place, Sam was getting out civilians you know, saved many, many people, didn't give up until all the civilians were safe. So he's like, yeah, we give him a good, a hard time, but Sam does have a lot of good in him. This whole thing, this ending here caught me by surprise. This felt like half of an episode. Is very oddly paced. There's no third act. If I, okay. if you were just to randomly catch this episode on TV, you would think the whole show is a soap opera. True, but knowing of what we know and that this was the second to last episode of the season and we're coming to now the finale of the season, the this was kind of like the middle of the episode. Um, two Minutes to Midnight was the first act, I consider. Or wait, we're not Two Minutes to Midnight. Uh, the Devil You Know was the first act. Two Minutes to Midnight, this one was the second act. And now the finale will be the third act. That's how I see it. Okay, yep. So what is the next episode? Season 5, episode 22 is called Swan Song. Oh, I forgot to ask uh, the normal question that I normally do. What was the death count on this episode? It was high. <laughs> let me just double back. Uh, let me get back into that. Yeah, because there's people all over that hospital or wherever Dr. Green was at. The hospital. It says body count 26. But that doesn't include pestilence because he wasn't technically killed. They just cut his finger and ring off. Because there are people in the pizzeria. There are people in the hospital. There are people at the warehouse. So, yeah, there was a lot of death going on. Yep. Okay, then I normally ask, what's the next episode? The Swan Song. Hey, do you have anything else to say about this episode? Um, no, not really. Um, yeah, that's about it. But what what was mentioned as funny as IMDb is before they found Death because they were in Chicago, Crowley made the, a joke to the Dean about, "Hey, want to stop for some pizza? I hear the pizza's good." 
And then that's where they end up finding death. Is See, a, exactly. Death that's is why a pizzeria. I, exactly. That's why I think Crowley was up to some shenanigans. I think he... I, I I think he was leading Dean down the wrong path, blipped away, and then showed him where it really was. Uh, that's all of the all of the signs point to Crowley was up to mischief. Uh, possibly, I don't know. Maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe he wanted to know if Dean was really up for this or something. But you're right. It was funny that he just because he heard the pizza's good, and then. Death makes the comment, yeah, I'll spare Chicago because the pizza's good. You know, pretty much the same words. Yeah, very odd. It seems to me like Crowley knew Death was at the pizza place, and then in his mind, he's like, oh, man, pizza sounds good. <laughs> now that you mention it, the pizza does sound good. Now, we just had pizza. Pizza is night. the best, isn't it? We just We just had pizza last night. We eat so much frozen pizza, it's not even funny. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, what was the, what's the last brand that now I'm hooked on? Do you remember the name? You've got a photo on your phone somewhere. Oh, my Lord. Steltons or Stiltons or something. Yeah, did you know this is a thing that I told uh, some coworkers about some pizza brands to try, like Emmel's being one of them? And uh, they don't have Emmel's in California. And uh, come to find out that the whole frozen pizza scene, if it isn't like a national brand like DiGiorno or Tombstone, it's really regional. Shelton, this is the one. Shelton Tavern-style pizza, it is phenomenal. It is piled high with good cheese, unlike lots of matzo, which is piled high, with greasy garbage cheese. Oh, yeah, those lots of matzo pieces. I love extra cheese, but yeah, it's just nothing but a grease ball. It is, it's low quality mozzarella. That's, very, that's very how they afford to put so much on it. Exactly. So, yeah, try Shelton. I think that's a good high quality cheese. It doesn't break down into just grease and fat. Stays nice and cheesy. But I think you're right, though, about pizzas being, if it's not DiGiorno or Freshettos or something like that, being regional because. We have, because we're the, near Madison, Wisconsin, Janesville, Wisconsin, have a lot of Midwest brands that are either from Wisconsin or from, there's one that they have at Woodman's that's actually from Rockford, Illinois, and things like that. So I do think it is very regional, um, all the extra little pizzas that you have. And those are the, or. these are the places you should be supporting, not freaking DiGiorno. In yeah, you should definitely. giant fluffy bread with a smear of tomato and cheese on it. No, I'm not going to lie. I love DiGiorno because I love Pizza Hut's pan yeah. pizza. DiGiorno's I terrible! No, it's not. As a matter of fact, last order, food order, Goodwin's order we had, I ordered one for myself because <coughs> I wanted one. <coughs> but anyway, we're off the subject. It's but all bread. It's Gosh. delicious. All right, well, if you have any pizza recommendations, I'd invite <laughs> you to come over to our online... <laughs> facebook page called couple of no our <laughs> online facebook is armchair hunters right um yeah come on over and tell us about your pizza our website is couple of the website couple of where we have all of the episodes including um, information on how to subscribe to us on your podcast app or you can just download or play it on the website it's all very handy so that anyone should be able to figure it out 
And please, if you know anyone out there that likes Supernatural, thinks they might like our show, or at least enjoy some pizza bank once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you doing?